You're listening to Gibraltar Stories, a podcast in which I hope to share some fascinating stories connected to Gibraltar. My name's Lindsay Weston. I've been living here in Gibraltar for almost 10 years, and during that time I've discovered more and more about this tiny and very special place. Its history, its people, famous visitors, and its role in important events on the world stage. For a steep limestone cliff with an area of just 6.8 square kilometres jutting out into the Strait of Gibraltar, it has a lot of stories to tell. This skull, Darwin held it in his hands and he he talked about the, the magnificent Gibraltar skull. And so it was almost complete, so it was almost giving people an idea of what these people were like and the, how different they were from us. The, the strategic position always matters in terms of how um, others view Gibraltar and the interest that can be gained out of control of, of, of the place. I say it's a microclimate within a microclimate. A microclimate is when you get small changes in a short space and you know Gibraltar itself we know is very different from like Spain it never gets quite as hot as nearby Spain or Morocco never gets quite as cold in the winter there's only been one time that there's ever been an air frost that's been recorded I arrived here and I looked at uh, Marina Bay and I went ah now that's where my the, the, the murderer's yacht is moored and that's where that so and so that flat over in Neptune house um that's exactly, and that's the runway, and that's where the chase takes place. So it's wonderful. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Gibraltar Stories podcast. Thank you to everyone who listened last week to my conversation with Dr Geraldine Finlayson at the Gibraltar National Museum. It's been listened to many times already, in many destinations, including Gibraltar and the UK, of course, but also in Belgium, Canada, Cyprus, France, the Isle of Man, the Netherlands, Spain and the USA. I'm amazed this podcast has reached such distant shores. Thank you all for your interest. Last week, of course, I touched on Gibraltar's Neanderthal heritage. This week, I'm sticking with Gibraltar's rich history, but moving forwards in time by several thousand years to find out about some of the documents which are housed in Gibraltar's National Archive. Gibraltar's location at the gateway to the Mediterranean, in close proximity to Spain and North Africa, has meant it's borne witness to many different and diverse events over the centuries, and a great many of these are documented in the archives. I'm recording this in Rosier Bay. You can no doubt hear the waves lapping against the promenade here in the background. This is just one of the sites in Gibraltar which has witnessed some very significant chapters in Gibraltar's history. It was here back in 1805 where Admiral Lord Nelson's ship HMS Victory came for repairs after the Battle of Trafalgar. It was carrying Nelson's body on board along with some injured sailors who were treated here in Gibraltar at the Naval Hospital. Documents from that time, as well as many more, can be found at the National Archive. I went along for a visit and had a chat with Gibraltar's National Archivist, Anthony Pitaluga. Hi, hi, I've come to see Anthony in the archives. Anthony? Yes. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Morning. Hi. Hi. To interview Anthony. Anthony yes. Yeah, I'll just let him know that you're here. Oh, thank just, you. Just, just, just give me one second. Certainly. 
I'm here at the heart of the Gibraltar National Archives, tucked away off the beaten track behind the convent, which, for those who aren't familiar with Gibraltar, is where the Gibraltar governor lives. It's such an atmospheric place, full of rows and rows of shelves holding old leather-bound books and box files of literature documenting everything that's gone on in Gibraltar for centuries. And I'm with the Gibraltar National Archivist, Anthony Pitaluga. Anthony, thank you so much for having me in the archives today. That's okay. This place is just a treasure trove for the history of Gibraltar, isn't it? Indeed, it, it is a, a treasure trove. Um, and uh, uh, although now we've changed in the sense that we are now, as from the year 2000, moving forward, we changed into a digital sort of world, and including the archives, we still hold um, all the physical or analog for those technical people and analog information. Um, that uh, I can say that uh, we go back uh, all this document is dated 1577 and to put it into into context uh, Queen Elizabeth I not the second was in the throne in the UK so yes we, 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 we do go back and hold stuff which, which is pretty old I guess because of Gibraltar's geographical location as well it's been witness to some amazing events in, in the history of the wider world the strategic position um, always matters in terms of how um, others view Gibraltar and the interest that can be gained out of control of, of the place. Uh, something that comes to mind is the First World War, which we just uh, finished commemorating the centenary of the end of the First World War and uh, um, the importance of Gibraltar, I mean, really, really, um, you know, was 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 very very clear from from, from the start, and Britain took advantage of it because obviously uh, we are British, a key Mediterranean um, and port, uh, naval base. Um, we also uh, had a lot to do with the medical side of stuff, the expertise and the and the facilities available in Gibraltar um, at the time were sort of the best in, in, in Europe and I dare say in the world. So obviously it was instrumental um, for that. Also during during the First World War it was also very important in terms of refueling. The coal bunkering um, was really, really important. So, so yes, again, if we move a few years on, the Second World War, uh, some people um, argue that it was even more important the the the, the role that Gibraltar played. That is debatable. Um, obviously, the, the the Allies were were here again, and and it it was it, it was more important or not. That's difficult to 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 equate. But um, it was certainly made use of again. Gibraltar Airport that was uh, built. There was a horse racing track in the neutral ground. I mean, it says this says a lot, no, about the role of the of Gibraltar during during the Second World War. And, and and again, moving moving forward, I mean, as a naval base during the Cold War, um, again, it was it, it 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 was very important. The NATO's role, um, obviously, the, the the British were prominent members of NATO, and it has always been a very important place. And we mustn't forget the fact that our neighbours across the 
the frontier, let's put it that way, or in, in, in Spain, also appreciate that fact. And it's not only some people tend to tend to think that it's about Spanish pride. Um, yes, there could be uh, a certain amount of Spanish pride, wouldn't have pride in something that you've lost and, and it was yours um, in inverted commas some years ago. But I think more, more there's more to the, uh, the thinking that uh, the strategic aspect of it is never is never far from their minds. No, uh, the fact that they have an American base in in Rota is 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 is. I mean, you can equate to that. Um, but obviously, Gibraltar is strategically better place than than, uh, than than Rota. Yeah, being at the mouth of the Mediterranean. Absolutely. What would you say was the uh, the most significant early um, historical event that you've got documented here? If, if you want to go back to the to the takeover, for example, in um, in seventeen o four, there is there is we have records of of how and which regiments under who took took over, and it was the Vilnius Marines that that uh, came in seventeen o four under the Prince of Hesse, who became who, who became the first governor. Of Gibraltar, and then the the the, the story or the legend says that he was a young man, and he he was bored after a year being the governor of Gibraltar. He was bored, and he went back to Catalonia near to Barcelona, and he was killed in in in, in, a, in a in a in a battle there. Should have stayed yeah, in, in, in Gibraltar and enjoyed the privilege. Um, obviously, this is not uh, we haven't. I'm not saying that this is documented here, but we we have information on the Prince of Hesse who who who, who adored his. How shall I call it? <laughs> he was he was very fond of his dress. He was very he was he liked his dressing up, and he was very fond of a big red bow tie. That and we have a picture of him wearing this big red bow tie. And I tease some people, uh, people who are very fond of of uh, the Gibraltar's red and white flag, that this is where we got the idea from uh-huh. from the Prince of Hesse. Uh, adoration of oh, his uh, of of his big red uh, bow tie that he used <laughs> to wear and his big hair. You know, you're talking about the times when when the people high up wear this big hair, yes. which which is a sign sort of like the French monarchs. Well, in actual fact, the, the the fashion came from there. It, it's, a, it's it's telling you, it's showing you that I am how much money he's got, how much money he's got, and how important, <laughs> how important. So we have the Prince of Hesse, and then we we moving forward rapidly. We have a lot of documentation on the longest siege the British have ever had, which is the Great Siege. And then moving on, moving on, we 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 acquired most, and I say most because part of the collection was was withdrawn to the UK of what used to be the colonial garment and the colonial colonial This is moving on now mm. um, rapidly onto the 19th century, but we have. Dispatches from people as famous as as Earl Grey, uh, and uh, which we have um, actual real dispatches coming from from the UK, and and dispatches to the governor and the colonial secretary, and and and, and vice versa. Going back, but we have um, then moving on to the, the on to the 20th century. I mentioned the World War One and World War Two, the evacuation of the Gibraltarians, which was. Uh, the first uh, major exhibition that that I um, curated um, as w- after my appointment 
in 2014. Um, and obviously Gibraltar was very popular because everybody had, every family had, had, had gone through this and it got to a point where I couldn't walk when we released the records and prior to the exhibition I couldn't walk the street because everybody wanted to tell me the story. Yeah. So in the end I conducted, I don't know how many oral histories which are all on the website under the evacuation tab. And af after that we decided to present another very important um, a collection holdings that we have is a cartographic collection and uh, recently I acquired a map which believe it or not is dated 12th century not even 100 years after after Hastings which Gosh. was in 1066 and Gibraltar's on that absolutely Gibraltar is on that and it's a verified map it's it's from a, a cartographer uh, born in Ceuta uh, and it's it's really, really good, and we've acquired it. We've acquired the rights for it, and we have it here. And then moving on, um, we can we can we can go to present day. We had a a recent squabble, let's put it that way, with Google Maps that were mapping the area. Do you remember? A few months ago, we had the plane or the helicopter flying. Ah, oh, yes, doing flybys. And they insisted. And they they insisted in naming the Bay of Gibraltar Bay of Algeciras. Um, and uh, we, we, this is where the cartographic collection came very, very important because we have maps pre-1704 uh, where Gibraltar belonged to Spain but the name was the same. So how do you justify changing the name to the Bay of Algeciras if Spain called Gibraltar Gibraltar? And if you look at, for example, it's not the Straits of Algeciras, it's, not, it's, the, it's the Straits of Gibraltar, it's the Bay of Gibraltar. So this is where the cartographic collection came in very, very useful because we argued the point and obviously we could show it um, uh, graphically that the Bay of Gibraltar was named by Spain because Gibraltar was called Gibraltar. And, and therefore we, we, we proved the point by use of, 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 of the cartography. I was referring to the, to the archives in Spain. They assure me that uh, maybe south of, of Madrid, um, our collection is the biggest and most important um, collection of maps in this part of the world, and so and, and moving forward, we have all sorts. We have the the um, crown properties and freehold properties. Um, the collection is enormous, and and maybe if you purchase uh, an old property, uh, an old crown property, uh, we have the maps, the original maps and plans here, which we are. Digitizing, we were very lucky to get a sponsorship from my friends, who are the friends of Gibraltar uh, Association. Uh, most of them, or a lot of them, I know personally, and I take this opportunity to thank them. We got a sponsorship last December. It's going to be a year now. Time flies uh, of our cartographic scanner, which you might have seen. This is, it yes, looks like just a, as I came in the a Hammond organ. It looks like a Hammond organ. It's, it's got rollers, and we use that. It's, it's a proper. Uh, uh, scanner to for for maps and, and and plans, and the idea is to to scan everything. Um, for two reasons: one for preservation. Once it's scanned as PDF, the researcher will not get, and and I am a dictator in that sense. That the 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 researcher will not get the original map. Yes. Will get an electronic version of, and therefore the handling will be less and. They can be preserved. Better. Because our prime responsibility is preservation. Mm -hmm. So 
and then it'll be and then it'll go up on the on the website so everybody anywhere in the world including the space station is able to access to access this fantastic collection of ours there are a few specific historic um, events that I, n- I know for a fact that you've got records of here, like the uh, the inquest of the Marie Celeste was held here in Gibraltar, mm-hmm. wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, the the um, the inquest of the Marie Celeste was held here. It it wasn't a very lengthy inquiry, and and we have uh, transcripts, original um, transcripts of the Supreme Court, or in that, this case, the Admiralty Court. And many people, especially people, um, researchers from Germany, has re- have recently come and viewed um, this collection a number of times. Um, yes, we have them here and they're open. Anybody can can come and, and, and view them. Yeah. Listening to the Gibraltar Stories podcast. We'll return to Anthony very soon. But in order for me to produce some more Gibraltar stories in the future, I need to know about them. If you've got an interesting Gibraltar story which you think needs to be told, send me a message through our Facebook page, Twitter, or Instagram accounts. Now back to Anthony. One event in history that you haven't mentioned was the the shooting of the three members of the IRA in 1988 um, and the subsequent investigation. I believe you have all the information here as well. Indeed. It was quite a a difficult period in in British, Gibraltarian and and Irish history. It was a difficult period and I remember distinctly, even though I wasn't here, on that day I was in Ronda with my family, but I remember, I remember coming back and and <laughs> immediately there was a problem because the frontier was was like wasn't a normal flow. Although the frontier's normal flow is a, is is a <laughs> is is, a, is an understatement. Um, we 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 came in and everything was blocked and there was an army. That it was very 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 weird. And I remember distinctly my daughters were young children. My parents were still alive, um, and ironically. I worked in the coroner's court at the time. I was a coroner's office officer at the time, so I, I, I like handled the the case. I assisted the the Mr. Felix Pisarello, which was the the stipendiary magistrate and coroner. We were magistrate's court and coroner's and matrimonial court. Um, obviously, this this took over took over everything, and I handled. I assisted the the coroner. The coroner, and I remember distinctly the 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 MI5 people coming and the screening, and we were searched every day. Even members of staff going in going into work. Moving moving forward, uh, fast forwarding forward to to now, and talking about the archives after the the world famous or or world profiled IRA Gibraltar IRA inquest. Finished and some years went by. The the records were from the Supreme Court were were stored here, and we are lucky to have the complete word for word verbatim of the preliminary hearing, and then and then the inquest word for word. And it stretches about I don't know the the I, I, haven't, I haven't done the word count, but it's like in fact not so long ago we had some researchers from the University of Belfast 
wanting us to digitize the first of all asking whether we had the collection digitized and we said no we invited them to come over and, and somebody did did come over and check everything and we also we also have um video um um videos of the of the of the news of, of what happened and, and things like that we have the of the of the inquest and video of the inquest and we also have a video and i was accused of being an ira supporter when i presented in actual fact this the anniversary was in march and we did uh, in conjunction with a film night series that we've had it it was a, an ira film but i presented the film and i didn't say anything purposely until the end because i want to see people's reactions um, it was the ira and and the thing the, the, the reason why is because it the film didn't stop when the thing ended in Gibraltar. it carried on and i'm sure your most of your listeners are aware or your british listeners and probably your your irish listeners are aware that the thing didn't end in Gibraltar. Um, the, there was problems taking the, the bodies back when I'm not accusing anybody or siding with anybody but there were problems when the bodies went back to to Ireland uh, during the burial ceremony there were murders um, the, the pictures that I got the film that I got um, I sourced from the UK um, sh- actually shows the shooting in the cemetery uh, um, you know, and the story. What I wanted to 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 make clear and to and to open up to people in Gibraltar is that the story didn't actually end in Gibraltar. For us, it ended, but the story continued, and it's part of the of the IRA shootings in Gibraltar. Um, and I presented that, and people, some people were annoyed. In fact, one one person very recently told me at Sakharov's coffee shop that he wouldn't come to see one of my film shows again because I was siding with the uh, IRA. I mean, this is not the the case. And the reason why I showed it is because it was the, the, the it was, first of all, it was the best film in terms of, of exposing the facts and people can check them against the, against the records we have here. And secondly, because as, as I said before, the, re- the, the, the thing continued after and people were killed in, in Ireland, whether it was one side or another, or who is to blame? This is not what we're discussing here. What I'm discussing here is that we hold some records, and I thought it was in a democracy we have to show people what we have, um, and this is what I thought was appropriate, and this is what I did. If people, my intention was not to to annoy anybody or to or to take sides with anybody. My 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 position with the IRA film. Was that it was the the, the 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 best documented and 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 sort of the, the best way I could present the facts as it happened. Do you generally get people coming from all over the world, or is it specifically mainly local residents who come and use the archive? We get people from all, all over the world. Um, obviously, people based here come more often because of the proximity to uh, to the place, but. Um, We've documented and we keep tabs on everybody who comes to the archives. Another thing which is useful now for your listeners is that in order to access original information, you have to become a registered member of the archive. This is a practice that we model the National Archives in the UK and all archives in Britain, 
I mean, you cannot access uh, original information unless you, you register. So providing that you register and it's free, and you can do it online, uh, you can come. We have documented people coming from about 150 different countries. Actually here, and over, um, over 200 worldwide accessing the website. I think short of North Korea and um, a few other places, everybody else has at least accessed the, the website once. And again, I get people, all sorts of people um, coming here, mostly researchers. Now we have people from Austria. Uh, we have people from Spain. We had um, this summer, we finalized uh, a collaboration with a um, Spanish-Argentinian film crew that has just finished uh, producing a... It's a film called Taxi a Gibraltar. Um, and it's um, a dual nationality director, Argentinian of origin, and then settled in Spain, that made this film that the, some person in Madrid convinces a taxi driver to drive them to Gibraltar, and, and obviously they, it's a story along the way. I don't know exactly what places they stop, but obviously when the, 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 the aim is to get to Gibraltar, and then obviously uh, I think the story tells a bit of the history of Gibraltar, because I've been asked for, for old pictures and stuff. So we, we, we collaborate with um, with film crews. We've done a collaboration also with Portuguese Madeira, people from Madeira, with the, the evacuation. We've done collaborations with with authors in relation to to books. The Great Siege I've just been talking to you about comes to mind. We were on... Um, the BBC, Who Do You Think You Are?, well, quite uh, recently, yeah, yes, Michelle yes. Vegan, wasn't it? Yes, and I didn't know who she was. Um, and she said, here, we took a picture here in front of my fantastic, brilliant fireplace, which is... It's beautiful. ...which is behind you. And um, she said, I am sort of a celebrity, and I am so-and-so. And I said, sorry, I'm also a celebrity. Hello, in the world, I'm sorry, but I don't. I, I'm not a person who, who watches I love who do you think you are and I, and I watch those programs but I'm not really a television person I don't have the time no <laughs> and there's so many things I want to read and put in my, my head that I don't have the time for TV we, we did that with the BBC and it worked out to be to be good we had, we had a good time and, and obviously we opened our doors to the BBC and the BBC was here we've had think tanks uh, local think tanks we've have, we have had think tanks from Europe um, and, and, and that is, we've had educationalists school children uh, the, 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 the digital project and the archival project that I am involved in and I am, I am honoured and have the privilege of being um, given the responsibility of being the custodian of the records of the history of the memory which I prefer, I prefer the word referring to it as memory rather than history of my the place where I was born. I mean, I can't think of a of a better of the of a better um, privilege than that. But I know I'm not going to finish the project. So we preserve and we take care of 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 our history. But our main role is preservation. For example, I not so long ago I got invited to the Supreme Court. Um, we're doing some alterations um, to the library, and and there was a lot of um, books there that. So we, we, 
were to be housed elsewhere, and I said, okay, I'll take them with the archives, and uh, and we we'll we'll take them, and so we we've, we've increased our our library in that sense and diversified into into old rare books. There is one our oldest one is dated 1639, which 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 is I have a theory maybe maybe it was one of the because the bishop went here. Um, it was maybe one of the books that was left behind in the in the quick exodus that the Spanish did. You know, it's dated 1639 and it's in Latin, and it's fantastic. It has a I haven't read it because it's in Latin. It's in old Latin. It has a rabbit skin cover, which was very popular. And I appeal to people use this opportunity to appeal to people uh, both locally and abroad who think they are in possession of material that could interest us, uh, that might have historical, cultural, fiscal, um, heritage value, um, to not be afraid to bring it to us, we will appraise it for them, we will value if, if there is a value involved, we won't charge them anything. And um, the good thing nowadays, we have top-end uh, digitizing uh, uh, equipment and it's like the First World War, we had we had photos from the Western Front, which we exhibited, and then people were very happy because they can take the originals back, but we have a, a very high-level digital copy. So, I so mean, you have a record here so, in your archives? So we have a record. I mean, I could print, if I wanted to, um, the, the, the image that we scanned, and the owner would know the difference between one and the other. And I appeal to the public, if anybody has books, poems, cookbooks, and we have, I'm referring to book because some, some, somebody very recently brought me a recipe book with, I think it's 1869 or 1879, something like that, a, it's written in, in handwriting, you know, of local recipes. That came, that came from, from a private individual and also a poet that nobody knew existed, not even himself, I think, from Catalan Bay early 1920 or 1930, something like that, again, uh, given to me by the family, done a PDF whilst they waited, because it wasn't very long, and they took the book back to the family archives and we have the knowledge. Oh, that's lovely. You know, and then we can share it because people give us permission to to put that on the website, and I mean, people in, children in school can access what a normal person in Castellan Bay was writing in terms of his poetry and was, was thinking. So... The, the the two services that we that we have uh, um, so we keep collecting all the time and the the collection is growing 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 by the day. At the moment, in terms of um, physical uh, holdings, if I were to put all my acid-free boxes, which is a special type of box um, that we use uh, in a line, it, they will stretch about one and a half miles. Good heavens, that's a lot of boxes. And if you take into consideration the size of the territory and you work out your proportion, uh, proportionate mathematics, you will soon find out that the percentage of records that we hold in relation to the size of the territory and the population is, is, is quite significant. I have to say a huge thank you to Anthony Pitaluga for taking the time to talk to me about some of the interesting chapters in Gibraltar's history that can be found in the National Archives. If you'd like to find out more about the Gibraltar National Archive or to listen to some of the oral histories which Anthony mentioned, I've included a link to the archive website in the show notes for this episode. 
Thanks to you two for listening. Don't forget to follow Gibraltar Stories on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and tell me what you think of the podcast so far using the hashtag Gibraltar Stories. You can subscribe to Gibraltar Stories on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. That way you won't miss out on any new episodes. And if you'd be kind enough to rate and review the podcast, that will hopefully mean that other people should be able to find it more easily. I'll be back again next week with another Gibraltar story for you. Until then, bye for now and thanks for listening.